0: Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today, powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit seventhwavenetwork.com.
1: Well, of course you do. We all want to be peaceful, purposeful, and experience authentic, lasting joy. The Sky is Green and the Grass is Blue, authored by Deb Scott, offers a fresh, fun, and surprising way to live in lasting happiness. All ages will learn how to transform just about anything bad into the diamond you love. Ready to receive a powerful and effective mind vitamin to be happy? Then you need to pick up this book and enjoy this conversation that we're going to have over the next hour. I'd like to welcome Deb Scott, author, certified professional coach, and motivational speaker who is changing lives with an ability to inspire individuals to transform the bad into the good. She allows for you to discover the next amazing you, and you will allow yourself to discover your soul, and it will grow from there. Uh, I'd like to mention that her book, The Sky is Green and the Grass is Blue, Turning Your Upside-Down World, Right Side Up, uh, has been granted the USA Best Book Award in Nonfiction. She's also received the Indie Next Generation Award for motivational uh, work. So I'd like to welcome Deb Scott to 1111 Talk Radio.
2: Hi, Simran. It's so great to be with you and your listeners. I really appreciate it. I love what you do and what you're about, and it's just so great to just be part of you know, your momentum in, in helping people be their best.
1: Well, thank you. I think this is a fabulous book that you've written partially because it's very humorous. It makes you really enjoy the process of unfolding and going through the journey and kind of even laughing at some of our uh, our dysfunction that we tend to go through. But some very valuable tips and tools and processes and exercises to help someone shift their mind and their heart and really their experience. So I applaud you for the work, and I look forward to discussing uh, much of the book. But before we go here, who was Deb Scott before we got to this book? What, what happened in your life that led to all of this wonderful wisdom and the desire to compile it in this way?
2: Yes. Well, you know, we all have a story, right? And on the outside, uh, being a biology major in school and, you know, going on into cardiac surgery sales and, you know, really, I guess by worldly standards, being quite successful. And, you know, that was all well and good. But on the inside, the things were stirring that were not really um, being dealt with. Uh, when I was younger, I had been sexually abused by a teacher in school, which was very traumatic. Um, there was some dysfunction in my own family, um, some family members with some alcohol problems. And, you know, from there, I think those things turned into... Um, being expressed as uh, symptoms in relationships that I had, somebody that I was going to marry who was really verbally abusive and emotionally scarring because of the alcoholism and being familiar with those things and not really understanding that we attract what we are and who we are and also the things that we're most familiar with. And when my mom got Cancer, I stopped working in the cardiac surgery field, and of course that was you know financially very sound, and I was able to do that as an only child to be a sole caregiver for her. The end of our relationship, um, we were best friends, and it was a, really a gift to be with her, but watching her deteriorate and pass away was a, another trauma, another thing that maybe some of the listeners can relate to, and then my dad, the following year, he passed away, and then, you know, the family savings um, that were hard-earned um, financial savings ended up being lost to a Ponzi scheme, similar to a Stanford or a Madoff, and you know, the injustice there, we're still fighting. And I think that through all of these different experiences um, and in the process of trying to find my own answers, which many of us listening right now are are looking for, um, I wrote the book that I wanted somebody to give to me. And, you know, in this process... uh, I've really been privileged and and experienced tremendous healing from the people that have said that these things have changed their life and helped them. So, you know, I'm here to say that, you know, despite tragedies, despite bad things in your life, despite what seems you know, to be a devastation that you can't repair, that those things can actually be the springboard for the things that you absolutely love. And, um, you know, I'm still in process. Nobody graduates from life, but it's certainly a better way to be, and these are the tools that have helped me.
1: Well, and you said something very powerful, which I've said before on the show, and I can't uh, state enough, and that is we do attract what we are and what we need. Uh, We attract the people that will help us heal those old wounds. We attract the situations and the experiences that will help us grow and evolve and really step into a place of empowerment where we can do so much more good in the world than we even anticipate. And so the birthing of this book... Uh, has helped, I'm sure, many, many people, but it probably was also a healing process in itself in the course of writing it and creating it.
2: Absolutely, and for anybody listening that is also interested in, in getting that book into print, because I meet so many people that say, oh, Deb, you know, you, you finally wrote your book, because this was something that was five years in the making, and it was an idea, and it was something that had come about, because people were saying, why don't you put that in a book, Deb? Why don't you put that in a book? That is so great. Why don't you put that in a book? And before my mom passed away, she was reading it, and she said, you know, you've got to finish this book before I... before." Before I die, please promise me you will finish it and that's why the book is dedicated to her but um, it's absolutely a healing process and you know the one thing that I did want to mention and I think that this is the the real solid foundation in, in the winning equation is, is really believing that there is that God or universe or that um, spirit that knows more than us that cares more about us than we could ever possibly care for ourselves and the absolute necessity Thank the, the necessity to make sure that you are connected in some way with that higher power and without that one ingredient you can never have a winning equation so I really want to emphasize that because you know that was a big turning point for me i didn't always have a lot of faith in fact i didn 't really believe there was a god and and part of this book and part of this transformation process was because I became aware that God really did exist and that all things you know could could change change because of that awareness of that existence of of god so you know that was that's just something i wanted to make sure i added
1: well absolutely
2: and that's a very important point because you know the
1: the deepest part of our soul needs to know that it's not only connected and within something but that something is within it and when we don't have that to hold on to and to anchor in then we really are a spaceship hurtling through space with no destination and no chances of reaching anywhere and so having that anchoring in prayer which you speak about in the book and hanging uh, onto um, our source that we came from and knowing that that source will support us in all things at all times and whatever we're getting uh, that comes to us is good, uh, G-O parenthesis O parenthesis D, because it is God, that is a very, very powerful place to live from because then all of a sudden you're not by yourself.
2: Right. And that's what I love about, I, you know, I, that's what I love about your show because I was listening to you the other day and um, on, on on your show and you were talking about mentors and how important it is. And I was thinking, you know, that is so important because, you know, being connected to God we have to be connected to like-minded people here, too. So it really is all about connecting with that same energy and that same spirit. Um, we attract who we are, you know, the people we are surrounded with if we're focusing on God and those people that we have in our life. So, you know, tools like this radio show that you've created or your great magazine or, you know, I'd like to be humbled to think that, the, you know, my book or, you know, there's so many great people out there doing such great work and those are the people that we need to associate with. We need to get those mind vitamins in our head to feed our whole soul. We need to listen. We need to observe. We need to get in all of our five senses as much as we can of these people um, with these positive things that are going to help us connect to God and connect to being the best person we were created to be. So I'm in the rah-rah section for you, Simran. (laughs) Well,
1: thank you. I appreciate that. And likewise, I'll do the same for you. And, And it's true because, and you mentioned many, websites and many people throughout your book that can uh, be other resources and tools for people to connect to because so often when we're praying for something, it's going to show up in another uh, person or in a workshop or in, in a book or in some way for us. And that is literally God speaking through that uh, book or through that person to you to give you that answer that you need, to give you that uh, bit of encouragement or that nudging or that constant hint of, you need to write this book, Deb, you need to put. Than a book, Deb, yep. because it is that constant flow that is working for the good of all. And had your book not come out, it wouldn't touch the many lives that it is touching, and then they wouldn't be empowered enough to move on to do the things they need to do to then touch more lives as well. And so it really all is a flow, and it's it's our willingness to say yes to our part um, that really is what is most important.
2: Yeah, and you know the whole the whole idea that. Um, you know, people, a lot of times, I'm sure you hear this as well, it's like, well, how do you know God's speaking to you? How do you know? I mean, how do you know what to do? What, how do you make that decision that's the right decision? And and you said it so perfectly. If you have a feeling in your heart to do something, we'll use the book as an example, you can't even have that feeling or that desire in your heart unless God puts it in there. So, you know, if somebody's telling you you should do something or if somebody's telling you, you know, you have this special talent or I noticed this about you, You know, all of those are messages, and they help in the pathway to say, well, this is what I should be doing. And when you're doing and living on purpose and doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're going to be happy. I mean, everybody that's in a skin suit, as you know, wants to be happy. Everybody wants to be happy, loved, and accepted. And, you know, that's the one thing we all have in common, whether you're speaking Chinese, Portuguese, Italian, Spanish. doesn't matter where you are on the continent. You can travel the world. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be appreciated. Everybody wants to be listened to. And the great thing about this life and and I guess the social media network that we're all connected to is we can really exchange those thoughts and, and get that wave of enthusiasm and power even stronger but um you know, I really do believe that God will speak to us through through anything and everything because we're, we're all connected. So paying attention, you know, Aristotle, the unexamined life isn't worth living. That's why I think prayer is such a necessity because when you're quiet long enough to have to enjoy your own company, you become aware of what you're feeling and you can pay attention, I think, more uh, acutely to how you're experiencing an emotion if you're talking to someone. Is this person giving you confusion? Is this person giving you anxiety? You know, that's somebody you need to stay away from. If you're listening to something and you're having that aha moment and feeling peace, that's something that you should be going towards. Uh, you know, if you're doing something and the time goes by and you can't even remember that the clock passed, it's like, oh gosh, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon I thought it was only noontime. That's a sign from God. That's something you should be doing. That's your passion. You're having enjoyment and enthusiasm and you know these are all things that you know i hope that help in the book and and bring people to awareness so that they can celebrate who they are and turn those challenges into celebrations and what you need to be doing is discovering that
1: the sky is green and the grass is blue you can turn your upside down world right side up by getting deb scott's book or connecting with her at greenskyandbluegrass.com we'll be right back with deb scott and we will discover how to be happy
0: Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444.
2: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your online community for positive change. 7th Wave Network.
1: Do you spend a lot of time feeling down, wondering why your life isn't going the way you had hoped, or not sure if there's anything you can really do about it? Deb Scott has battled depression, others' alcoholism, a dysfunctional family, sexual abuse, and religious doubts and emerged at the other end as happy, a happy, successful executive who trains others to follow her path to happiness. Now she teaches others the same life-changing techniques that enable her to overcome these challenges. You can pick up her book entitled The Sky is Green and the Grass is Blue, Turning Your Upside-Down World Right Side Up. Connect with her at greenskyandbluegrass.com and you can find out more about her, what she does, and also access this wonderful book. Deb, let's talk a little bit about um, this book. And First of all, the title. You know why? Why did you call this book "The Sky Is Green and the Grass Is Blue"? Because you know our, our so-called reality would tell us the opposite, but
2: maybe we aren't looking at what reality really is. Well, you know, titles of books—they're all it's so fascinating. Why people pick the ti- pick the titles that they do? Um, it was it was just a, a day of of um, really reflecting on the insanity of things and people saying things that just didn't seem to make any sense, or the events in life that I was dealing with that were just crazy. It just seemed like this is just not right. It shouldn't be happening. And uh, the thought of you know like the sky is green when it should be blue, and people are saying it's green, but I know that it's blue. It's all upside down. It should be the other way around, and that's how the title of the book came about because sometimes I think we can all relate to having that feeling that something isn't right. It should be different, and things are upside down, and they should be right side up, and with, with the insanity of uh, in the chaos that's around us so much I think today with everything being so fast paced um, a lot of us feel like things are just really upside down you know values should be different priorities should be different you know it's that whole um, love people use things instead of loving things and using people It's, it's just this idea that we need to turn things around and get our priorities grounded in the values that really matter that are lasting that are going to make a positive difference in the long term for people and and that's how the book the book title came about well and it really struck for me um, a lot
1: of what I talk about in eleven eleven magazine is you know getting rid of our belief systems or what we've been taught and you know we've we've decided that the sky is blue and the grass is green and and, you know and, and maybe the sky is green and the grass is blue or maybe it is what we're seeing but what we have to determine is what is going to be our reality and what is really the illusion is the chaos and the dysfunction really the illusion that we're getting caught up in and we can make something else much more real for us Um, I like how you break down for people in the book, and it starts off with a chart where you really address for individuals some of the uh, lower-grade emotions or lower-grade feelings that people end up with um, and then how you transform those into something else or what the opposite side of that might be. And I think that in itself sometimes will let people understand that they're just on one polarity of the spectrum. For example, the anxiety and the peace. Anxiety may be on the very left side of that polarity line, but if you move yourself over, you'll actually hit the peace. So I think that's a
2: huge, huge
1: part uh, for people in an awareness that they can have as they first read this book.
2: Yeah, in everything that's a uh, negative can be has a reciprocal positive, and the key is taking those things and transforming them. Because if somebody, if if I told somebody, you know, you have a million dollars in the bank, but you don't know it's there, it's not going to do you any good. So if somebody tells you, you know, what all these things that you feel are problems, um, how would you like to know that all those things can can be transformed? How would you like to be like that diamond in the bottom of the ground that is formed under pressure, and that's what gives it its value and its brilliance is the pressure. And when we can think about and find ways, and and I know that you're a big advocate of mentors, you know, we've got to find people that have been there, done that. And what I love about people that are are making a difference is usually they have overcome these things themselves. So, you know, the mess becomes the mission and you can be passionate to transform things. And it is possible. I mean, for me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Um, And it's in practice. Practical ways. If, if, for example, can I give you an example? Absolutely. Okay. For example, you know, a lot of people I work with, you know, they'll say, "Well, I've I've got somebody that's an alcoholic in my life, and you know, until they stop drinking, um, I'll never be happy." Well, having dealt with what I've dealt with, I know that that's just a stepping stone to really having an opportunity to heal everything in your life, because maybe the alcoholic loves the alcohol, you love the alcoholic, but for example, when I went into Al-Anon, which is for people that if if you haven't heard of it, you can Google it and find out, but it's a 12-step program, not for an alcoholic, but somebody that deals with people in any type of dysfunction, really. Um, so I didn't want to go into this Al-Anon group, but I was so distraught because of this one problem that I wanted relief from, right? Because we all really end up getting relief because we've actually suffered enough to make that change. Because it has people to don't hurt. It has you to have hurt to. bad enough. It really yes. does. For us to want
1: to change, it has to hurt bad enough. And if you haven't changed something in your life that you're complaining about,
2: it really is not hurting you
1: enough to change
2: it. Right, and, you know, the old saying, people don't change because they see the light. They change because they feel the heat. I mean, it is so true. I wish I could just do it because of the light, but Simran, <laughs> for me, you know, I've got to really be kicked, but, um, you know, just to, just to try to bring closure to this in the happy ending part, you know, so when I went into Al-Anon, I was going in to get relief from that one problem, but what I ended up finding years later, well, sooner than that, but eventually I got a set of skills and tools that not only fixed me in that particular situation, but transformed my entire life. So now I went in for to solve the one problem that I just said, if I could just get relief from this one problem, I went in to get that cured. And then I ended up staying in the program because it was helping me in all areas of my life, the work, business, personal, relationship with myself, God, anything. So, you know, that became a really good thing. And I used to hear people when I first went in there say, oh, I'm so grateful for the alcoholic and I'm thinking these people are crazy. And now I can I can say that and really if, if we just use that as an umbrella for, for you know, any problem, the idea is that, yes, your problem is something that you need to deal with and you need to have that awareness and that acceptance before you can take the proper actions to transform it. But once you are aware and you accept and you're open, then you can get into the right transformation machine and then you can start seeing the miracles happen and realize, wow, this has actually brought me more greatness, more goodness, more happiness, more peace, more purpose than anything I could have imagined had I not had the tragedy that prompted me to get into making those changes. So I'm I'm hoping that I'm, you know, inspiring someone that's listening to say, you know, don't give up five minutes before the miracle because we are so worth it. And, you know, if you don't share your brilliance that's uniquely you, who's going to do it, right? I mean, if you didn't start 1111 Magazine, who is going to do it? That's just it. We're each here for
1: a specific gift, and what we have to understand is that the only one in the room is you and God, and every person that's showing up is just God with a different face, and they're showing up to show you who you're being. So if instead of pointing the finger or looking at the other person and considering them to be the problem, if the simple question is asked, where is that in me? Where's that addiction in me? Where's that alcoholism in me? Where's that rage in me? Where's that uh, unending desire to have dysfunction in their life in me? And you find those places and fine-tuningly clean them out, then you get more and more empowered and you start to discover more about yourself. And that's what a lot of your book does. Through a lot of the processes, you're allowing people to reframe their mind, reframe how they look at things, but also try to find those places within themselves and make it more of a personal perspective rather than so exterior-focused. And I think that's extremely powerful.
2: Oh well, I, I I really hope so because I know that for me, um, you know, before they put the dirt over my head. <laughs> I want to make sure that I made a difference. And if one person, if even one person can experience some authentic joy and peace and enjoy their own company and really make a difference for others, then, then it's all worth it because, you know, I really do believe that so many people would be in a better place if they just had some good mentors, if they just had some tools. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I make things better? But it's not you. It's like any language. You know, you can't learn a language unless somebody teaches you. And once you are taught the language, then you can start saying sentences, and you can start saying paragraphs, and then you can write a whole book. But if you don't use the language, if you don't immerse yourself in that language, or, you know, as the chapter in the book, immerse yourself in transformation, then, you know, it's hard to speak it. But once you become fluent, it it, it, it goes with you everywhere. And, you know, if you're carrying your own light in the world. You don't have to borrow someone else's, and I really think that's a much better way to live.
1: Absolutely. There's even some very simple things that you have in the book that uh, in a sense would help a person at least see themselves in a different way. If they're caught up in their victimhood or caught up in their dysfunction and just can't see the light of day, um, one simple exercise that you have right in the very beginning is creating an acronym, uh, using your name as an acronym, and, and giving each letter in your name meaning for something for where you are in that moment and and for example you use deb you use determination enthusiasm and belief and i think if we each sit down and we take our name and we assign a word to the letter of our name then it gives us something to cling to that we know about ourselves to be true in that moment and it can continue to change but that in itself is
2: one small step towards empowerment You know, that is so true, and people say, well, these things are just so small. I mean, how can that make a big difference? Hey, you can take a little bit of arsenic, it'll kill you, and bullets are small, and they'll kill you, too. So, you know, come on, give me a break. I mean, the whole idea is that you're doing the small exercise with your name, but what have you got to do? You've got to engage your five senses, you've got to think in your mind, and we all learn visual, auditory, you know, say it out loud if you have to, writing it down, and then when your brain starts seeing that, then it'll, it'll work with that. And you can rewire your mind. You know, you have to feed it good things. You have to get those good, what I call, mind vitamins in there. And you have to do it on a regular basis. But if you don't enjoy your own company and you don't love yourself, don't be expecting anybody else to. So the first person, and again, one of the chapters in the book, you know, one finger pointed at you, three fingers pointed back at me. You can't change other people. And I love what you said. You know, God is working through everybody. It's not that person against you. It's God and you trying to have a meal Era and a little signal that, hey, this is something that you need healing on. You know, salt only hurts when you throw it on an open wound, and the very fact that it hurts means that you have a wound that's open that you need to be healing. So if somebody says something to you that really upsets you or infuriates you, you know, that's a signal. Okay, what's going on in me now? What can I learn from this God, just like you said, or where are you in this God? And then it becomes an opportunity for transformation rather than something that's going to be negative against you as a destruction. So writing your name down with that acronym trying to find all those positives in your first last name whatever it is starts to get you realizing that you have choices. And you are your own best friend. And the talents and the skills that you have is where you begin because you always start where you're standing. Um, So, yeah, that's just a simple little exercise, but it can be very powerful. Deb Scott is a motivation and lifestyle consultant
1: specializing in working with business and corporate environments to transform poor interpersonal dynamics and low energy groups into high-powered, successful dynamic teams. She has authored a book entitled The Sky is Green and the Grass is Blue, Turning Your Upside-Down World Right Side Up. You can connect with her and all of her offerings at greenskyandbluegrass.com. We'll be right back to have a little bit more of Deb Scott's wisdom and humor.
0: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444, discovering the heart and stepping into conscious living 1111 magazine order now at www.elevenelevenmag.com 1111 mag.com com.
2: listening on a higher dimension seventh wave network
0: you are listening to 1111 talk radio if you'd like to join today's discussion please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795 again 1-866-472-5795 You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh.
1: Using her own transformative techniques, Deb Scott was able to turn the death of her mother and best friend into a successful business enterprise with a heart, to turn her religious doubts around and assume a pivotal leadership role in her church transformed her 20 years of business experience in cardiac surgery sales career into successful entrepreneurship and a business of her own. She has battled depression, others' alcoholism, a dysfunctional family, sexual abuse, and religious doubts, but she's emerged at the other end as happy. Through her new book, The Sky is Green and the Grass is Blue, you can learn how to transform anything bad into something you love, whether it is a relationship gone south or a work situation from hell. Deb Scott will explain how to do that. There's some easy-to-learn tactics that transforms anyone's drab, ho-hum life into sensational and why even bad scenes like alcoholism, depression, and abuse can be spun into something positive. It it really is time to empower ourselves, and I constantly let people know you have to access the books and the teachers and the people and the workshops that can give you what you need. It's like Deb said, the mind vitamins are necessary, and if we don't give ourselves what our bodies, minds, spirits, and hearts need, then we really um, can't complain about where we are. We have to participate in our own lives.
2: Yeah, and you know, the one thing that I just want to say is, hey, you're worth the effort. I mean, you know, everybody gets so wrapped up in doing so many different things, and they forget that if, you know, it's like the oxygen, you've got to put the tank, or, or I guess the mask, I should say, if you're in the plane on yourself first. You can't give what you don't have. And um, you know, and you also
1: t- say in your book, there's a, a great statement where you say you, that you don't know what you don't know, and, and, and that's true, and if you don't know it, then you need to go somewhere to get it. You need to allow yourself to be with people with like-minded people with tools that at least give you what you don't know so that the process can begin.
2: Yeah, it it, it is so true, and I think that that requires um, a lot of humility. To think that there's all this knowledge in the world, Simran, the whole world, and think of how much we know, just a little itty-bitty bit, you know, a tiny sliver of what's out there in the world. So, you know, the reality of opportunities to learn something new. You know, the green sky turned blue. Somebody else may know something or reframe something or have an idea or a solution or that one person that you meet could change your life. I mean, the world is a big place and there's so many things in it, but if you get around like-minded individuals and you get on a consistent mind vitamin program, you start looking at things in a different way because when the time to perform has arrived, the time to prepare has passed. You know, and people don't water their plants once a month and expect them to live. They don't, you don't take a multivitamin once a month and expect that to work for you. You don't go to the gym once every two months and expect that to work. So why do we think that having a positive attitude and enjoying our own company and living on purpose and being our best or having faith in a higher power and knowing that that God truly exists, what makes us think that we're going to be able to do that without consistency and regularity? Um, and to say I want to that,
1: repeat what you said because I thought it was a powerful statement. You said that when the time to perform has arrived, the time to prepare has passed. And that is just one powerful statement. It reminds me a lot of a statement that Michael Beckwith has said, and that is that God does not call the qualified, He qualifies the calls. And so even though if you do not think that you're qualified to be something for someone else, perhaps that person showing up in your life is simply calling you forward to be a little bit more than you're being.
2: That, that was a powerful Powerful statement. Oh, well, hey, listen, we are having a big moment here. <laughs> we are the powerhouses right here. And yes, everybody listening, the best people we know, that would be us. Um, you know, and that's the whole idea. And, you know, what I would, and I love your your comment, too, and, you know, in the book I talk about um, successful sabotage. You know, sabotage is negative, but let's turn it around like the green sky turned blue and make that successful. And how do you do that? Well, you set yourself up for success. So you could take that that comment, write it down, you know, the time to perform, and the time to prepare and write that down if you like it put it on sticky mirror and put it in your shoe put it in the refrigerator put it you know in your daytime or send yourself an email whatever it takes to set yourself up to remind yourself during the busyness of the day that you have a purpose greater than a rat race and if you can have those hooks that you set yourself up for that success you will be constantly taking mind vitamin therapy and that can only result in a good thing and you know a lot of that is is really living in that awareness. Everybody talks about mindfulness, but did you um did you read that you know about the story, the study that Dan Simons did? Mhm. The monkey story? Can I yes. share that with people? I'm sorry the Dan Simons story if they didn't know yeah, um, if they don't know that? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think that this is great because it's part of the whole mindfulness and being prepared so that, you know, we can live on purpose. So Dan Simons did this study and he had all these, he, you know, he had the audience and he said to everybody, okay, I want you to count how many times the kids in the red shirt pass the ball. And then he said to the other half of the room, I want you to count how many times the people in the white t-shirts pass the ball. So then he shows the video and there's all these kids passing the ball, and, you know, the video goes on, and the video comes to an end. And so he asked the people, well, how many times did the red shirts, you know, pass the ball? Oh, 10, 12 times, 15, whatever. And then the other side with the white shirts, about the same. And then he said, well, all of you were so focused on doing what I told you to with counting how many times the ball had passed that you didn't even notice that this big, giant gorilla jumped in the middle of all the people passing, all the kids passing the ball. So then he shows the video again where they're not focused on that one thing but open to whatever their eyes could see without predetermined expectations to see a specific result that they wanted or they were told to find. And then what they do is they look and there's this huge you know, gorilla suit guy jumping in the middle and everybody's hysterical laughing because they never noticed. How could you miss that? And I think that the point, and maybe the listeners are coming up with their own, you know, if we're not aware, if we're not paying attention but being open, like you gave the example, maybe that one person you're talking to, it doesn't mean a lot to you, but that's the gift that God's giving the other person, and you need to say that. We have to have eyes that see. We can't be blinded. We have to be open. And if we, if we get up every morning that everything's going to be with this expectation that we have instead of being open to the wonderment and awe of what God wants to do and transform in our lives through the people and places and things that we have and doing like those exercises in the book and being open to really discovering the journey within ourselves, we're, we're going to miss out and we're going to deny a lot of people the joy of us. And, you know, we need to, we need to do what we're destined to do because only we can do it absolutely you have
1: another statement in the book which i thought was absolutely wonderful and it was that you can't unscramble those scrambled eggs why waste a good worry yes! and that's true we worry way too much you know if people worry they worry and it does them no good because they can't really do anything about it that's why they're worrying in the first place so forget about the unscrambling the scrambled eggs right
2: yes but come up with omelet recipes if you must you know there's always a transformation in there <laughs> that's wonderful that is
1: wonderful We have to be creative about our own healing, and um, it, it, it really is a lot about perspective. We have a choice to have a different perspective, and when we're so focused on our victimhood, our eyes are turned in such a direction that we can't see that our empowerment is just next to us if we would just turn in that direction. Another statement that you have in the book is, if you are a diamond, it makes sense to keep the focus on yourself. Keep all five fingers pointing at you at all times. I can just see that visualization of looking at your own diamond on your hand and all the fingers are coming at you. And that's true. We have to be uh, the focus of our own world and we have to allow other people to be the focus of theirs.
2: Yeah. And, And when we can detach with that and not take things personal in that way... It's it's a much more peaceful way of living because, uh, you know, I think that when we experience someone in a way that's negative or positive, if we can look at them and say, you know, what can I learn from that and what are they teaching me and where are they going? And, you know, the only way that you can really detach in, in a positive, confident way with a loving heart for the right reason is if you love yourself, you know, I, this is I I wouldn't say vulgar, but it's 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 descriptive, you know. It's 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 like um, if you throw perfume at somebody, it smells great on them, and it also smells great on you. But guess what? If you throw manure at them, they may smell. <laughs> to guess what? What you're smelling like? And the bottom line is, whatever you're throwing at somebody else is going to have to stick to you first. And, you know, the antibiotic for that, you know, which I like to say is the two-minute volunteering, is if you want more happiness, if you want a better relationship with a child, go volunteer with kids and get rid of that idea that it has to be for hours and hours. Maybe it's just a small thing. Maybe it's a card. Maybe it's something that you do through somebody else in, in, in even a minute. But the bottom line is if you want more of something, then you have to give that away first because you throw perfume or you throw grow manure, so it's, it's really important to think about what you're thinking
1: about. Absolutely. And I think that when we're giving out to something as well, we have to make sure that we're doing it for the purposes of something that we're gaining from it. We're, we're doing it from the purposes of, you know, it makes me it makes me understand compassion a little greater. It makes me uh, discover within myself the places of love that I want to discover. And so that's why I want to spend time with these people. I think that oftentimes we just do actions and we don't really understand why we're doing those particular actions. If you want to To be happy, and of course you do. If you want to be peaceful, purposeful, and experience authentic, lasting joy, then you might want to pick up a copy of The Sky is Green and the Grass is Blue by author Deb Scott. It's a wonderful book with amazing little exercises, lots of cute quips, and a A wonderful way of being written in a very personal story. You feel as if you're sitting right across from Deb Scott and she's talking to you and she will help you transform anything bad into something you love. Pick up a copy of your book, The Sky is Green and the Grass is Blue, and also connect to Deb Scott at greenskyandbluegrass.com. We'll be right back with Deb Scott. The
0: future of online TV is here. New exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444.
2: in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard
0: Time. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network.
1: the sky is green and the grass is blue turning your upside down world right side up will inspire and transform your life you'll learn how to transform anything bad into something you love whether it's a relationship gone south a work situation from hell or any other experience that might be going on in your life you will learn five surpassing techniques to transform anyone's drive drab hum home life into sensation why bad scenes are can turn into something positive. How devastating events can be the springboard to lifelong positive change. Connect with Deb Scott at greenskyandbluegrass.com and order your copy of the book so that you can start to make some changes in your experience. So Deb, in the course of writing this book, did you have any aha moments that came to you? Or when you completed it, uh, was there something that came out of it that you were not expecting?
2: Oh. Yeah, every day is an is an unexpected adventure and I continue to eat my words on a regular basis, I <laughs> can tell you. Um so, you know, this is a continuous process that um I didn't get a graduation diploma from living just because I wrote the book. <laughs> I, I you know I continue to learn, and it really has been a gift you know that keeps on giving because meeting people connecting with people I mean meeting you is is a is just it's enormous it's great and I respect you so much and who would have ever thought that I would have ever had the chance to meet you okay. and you know there's so many great people trying to do so many wonderful things and it's it's really just something that you know continues to grow it's it's just something Something that um, I, I just can't even—it's just so humbling and so so wonderful to see people being happy and and doing what they're meant to be—and and that's 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 what you know. This is this is perfume for me. This radio show, you know, I'm I'm just really getting more of a gift than anybody else listening. I hope the listeners are enjoying the show because I'm having a blast, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm certain that they are. And the last chapter of your book is uh, entitled "The Man Slash Woman at the Top of the Mountain." Didn't. Just happened to fall there and that's one thing that I want people to understand is even with all of the experiences that you've had in your life even though that there may have been things that could have really broken you down and made you stop uh, you got to the top of the mountain you didn't happen to just fall there there was some action required there was some work required there was some inner exploration
2: required Um, talk a little bit about that last chapter yeah, well, it, you know, you don't get up in the morning and your clothes don't jump out on you. You know, you have to put your clothes on. <laughs> you know, you have to do something. Your car just doesn't automatically start. And we're really no different. And if we can look at things sometimes in nature and see that they take time to grow, you don't you don't go out and put a seed of uh, acorn seed out there and expect that, you know, you're going to have a 20-foot acorn tree. You, you have to give it time. So, you, you, you know, you have to be patient with yourself, too, and realize it's a process, but you do have to every single day make a decision you have to decide you know, what do I want to do? And then you have to know that you're worth it. And then you have to try things. And if, if five things work and five things don't, well, that's five more than you had before. And you can always reinvent and, and change, but you have to start somewhere to get anywhere. So I hope that people doing the exercises, that this would be one book that talks about a lot of other people. You know, my big thing is when I get a book, I hate it when they just go on the shelf and nothing happens. I wanted something that I could mark up and highlight and go back to when I was having a drab day and, you know, tips and things that I could do and resources that I could find in my own town and you know I wanted this to be a road map so that it wouldn't be something that just went away and you read it and you were done with it um, you know and, and the idea that you can get to the top of the mountain but to think that somebody else this is one of the things that I think is really important don't be thinking because somebody wrote a book or somebody's beautiful on a magazine or you know they have millions of dollars all of these things on the outside, everybody is the same. People have the happiness, the sadness, the joy, and to think that somebody else is more important than you or less important than you, that's the first um, you don't know what you don't know thinking that has to go, because we are all on this journey. Nobody else has it perfectly, and nobody else is better than you or worse than you, and you're not alone, and I think when we believe that and know in our heart that we are worth that effort we will take those steps and know that we do belong at the top of the mountain whatever that mountain is for us and whatever that fist is going to look like you know and exactly and you
1: know in in September and October the 1111 magazine released an issue which was uh, themed on solid ground but when all the articles came together uh, there was a lot of conversation about death a lot of conversation about having to let things pass and begin in a new way, and that that death actually um, might be the birthing of something new rather than the ending of everything. And that's one statement you have here in the book as well, that you have to believe you can transform anything in your life from bad to good, because even in death, new life happens. And so you know, I think that's probably one of the key elements that people need to take from this book is as they're transforming their life, as they're going through the processes that they're working through uh, that you give them, there are going to be pieces and parts that may have to fall away. There are going to be pieces of themselves that they no longer uh, want to behave as or want to engage with, but it's going to be the birthing of something new, the birthing of something better. And once we have gotten bigger and better than we have ever been before, there's
2: no going back. Exactly, and you know uh, that is so perfect- you said that so perfectly, and I just think about you know rose bushes i I love rose bushes, my mom loved rose bushes, and you know by the end of the season in the fall you 've got these beautiful um, rose bushes, but there 's some deformed branches right there's some that are a little bit longer and they might have beautiful roses on them, but they really are sticking out they 're protruding, and they may be healthy, and I may like to look at them, but if i don 't prune them down if i don 't prune all those healthy branches to make the whole greater uh, bush look full and compact, you know, I'm not going to get that beautiful growth that's going to be more magnificent the following season. So sometimes it hurts to prune ourselves, you know, sometimes those things like you just said, those things in our life, the people in our life, you know, things that we're doing, different habits, it it does hurt to cut those off but it's like the branch on the rose bush. You have to cut those things off sometimes you have to cut off those things that are are great and look okay for the sake of the whole so that you can bloom into or be in full bloom yourself and be beautiful so you know it looks after i prune that it looks after like the you know the rose bush is dead but it's down to a nub but then it comes up more beautiful the following year and and that's what it can be for us too and that's what this process is about
1: Well, that was a wonderful analogy with the Rose Bush, and I want to thank you for being on 1111 Talk Radio. I wish you well with The Sky is Green and the Grass is Blue, and I know that it's going to empower and change the lives of many, and we look forward for the next book that is to come from you as well. Deb Scott is a certified professional coach who specializes in working with individuals, businesses, and corporate environments, transforming ineffective group and personal dynamics into high-powered, successful Dynamic Individuals and Teams. She has authored the book, The Sky is Green and the Grass is Blue, which will allow you to step into a greater experience of happiness. It's time to turn what is upside down in your world right side up. You will be inspired, you will be transformed, and you will discover some amazing tips and tools and some... Uh, wonderful quips that will be in your mind and memory to be your vitamins for new life change and transformation connect with her at greenskyandbluegrass.com i look forward to speaking with you next week as we have another exciting show planned until then i'm simran singh be well
0: Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network.